Welcome to the next edition of Fixed Interest, where we will be discussing Argentina. My name is Shali Shari, and I'm the co-head of the Americas. Today, I'm joined by Todd Martinez, director in the Sovereign Team and the primary analyst for Argentina. Argentina has just concluded its electoral process on October 27th. In a yet another important election, Alberto Fernandez, heading the Peronist coalition Frente de Tondos, won the presidency in the first round. Following the primary election in August, Argentina's economy has experienced increased tightening of financing conditions and its currency has depreciated sharply. The sovereign has restructured its foreign and local currency short-term debt, prompting a downgrade to restricted default by Fitch. While Argentina's sovereign ratings have bounced back since then, they remain very low at double C, highlighting that default or restructuring of some kind is probable. So Todd, turning to you, what are the main implications of the recent elections that we've seen in Argentina? Thanks, Shelley. Good to be here. So I guess the, the main headline of the past week and several months is that Argentina is turning back to populism. And I'd say so far, you know, we'd say that we're seeing a step into uncertainty rather than a clear step back to populism so far because it's not a foregone conclusion that this new president, Alberto Fernandez, is going to be a populist. He does have a pragmatic track record. When he served in the last Kirchner government, he left precisely because he, he wasn't happy with the more radical turn that he thought they were taking. On the other hand, though, during the campaign, he just said a lot of things that sound pretty populist. He talked about a consumption-driven growth model, um, not entirely clear how that can be achieved given fiscal restraints. He talked about lowering interest rates and instead to control inflation by a social pact, but also not clear what sort of additional measures that would require because that tends to require some sort of coercive measure. So, you know, very unclear what sort of economic policy he really has in mind. Also, we're still making sense of a very complex power dynamic that's emerged out of the elections. On one hand, the um, Macri coalition did quite a bit better than people expected after it was you know, resoundingly defeated in the primaries. And so Alberto Fernandez will not have an outright majority in both chambers of Congress. That means that could hinder a sharp you know, leftward direction in policies. But at the same time, he owes his victory to the more radical wing of Peronism, to his running mate, Christina Kirchner, and to the very successful political machine in Buenos Aires that got Axel Kisilov elected as governor, who was a close ally of Christina Kirchner. So that said, you know, the, the policy intentions are still very unclear, and so is this power dynamic. And as long as things remain uncertain, we're likely to see a pretty volatile situation in Argentina. So what should we be expecting in the coming weeks and months before President-elect Fernandez takes office on December 10th? Yeah, a lot to watch, but I'd say we're really, there's three very urgent things that we're watching closely. First of all, what's the economic plan? Like I said, it's been pretty unclear so far, and it behooves uh, Fernandez to, to clarify pretty quickly so that this uncertainty can subside. So we're closely watching what sort of people he nominates to key economic posts and what sort of details emerge. Second of all, renegotiation of the IMF program, which has fallen off track. Um, you know, we think that it's in the mutual interest of the IMF and Argentina to reach some agreement, but there could be policy differences that make that difficult. And then debt restructuring. This needs to happen pretty urgently because Argentina has an upcoming hump in payments early next year. The tricky part is all of these three things really depend on each other. It's a pretty complex process. And like I said, time is of the essence. So if this turns out to be pretty difficult and drag on too long, we certainly can't rule out the possibility of Argentina defaulting, as in missing a payment. 
So I just want to pick up on your last point. I mean, you've obviously mentioned a lot of uncertainties under the horizon. Does that mean that the sovereign still has enough financing or cash buffers to make it to the end of the year? And also, more importantly, does the central bank have the firepower to avoid another significant currency run? There are two big liquidity issues that Argentina is facing in terms of public finances and, and external finances, as you said. Our baseline right now is that Argentina can probably make it to the end of the year, the, the government that is, uh, without any sort of mispayment outright default. The IMF has frozen its program with Argentina, but the government is now tapping some deposits that had previously been set aside to strengthen the central bank, but now the government's using them. It's squeezing as much liquidity as it can out of the rest of the public sector. It could also go back to monetary financing from the central bank. All of that could get it to the end of the year, but that's certainly not a viable strategy for long, and it leaves the liquidity situation critical going into next year and makes the debt restructuring and IMF renegotiation critical. On external finances, the central bank reserves have been falling pretty quickly. That's because the government needs the foreign exchange to pay its external debt, but also because the private sector, even though the current account balance is greatly improved, the capital account, you know, you're seeing a lot of capital flight because of all the uncertainty. So the central bank, you know, several months ago imposed capital restrictions, capital controls. It's recently tightened those pretty severely. That could help staunch the flow on international reserves, but it only really buys time. It's certainly not a permanent solution. So once again, for this issue, IMF renegotiation and debt restructuring are, are critical. So talking about debt restructuring, you've just published a special report on the prospects of debt restructuring in Argentina and the challenges that you see ahead for Argentina to restore fiscal and debt sustainability. Could you discuss some of the main highlights uh, from this report for our listeners? Yeah, I guess the main idea with this report was, first of all, state the obvious that Argentina very much needs to restructure its debt. But what's not obvious where there's a lot of divergence in views is if this is going to be an easy debt restructuring or a very difficult one if Argentina faces just a short-term liquidity issue or if it faces a much deeper solvency one. And uh, we are of the view that Argentina has a pretty deep problem that it faces that has to do with solvency and not just liquidity. And so that probably um, means that a good debt restructuring, in our view, is not just one that extends maturities. It also involves pretty sizable permanent relief in the debt burden. And by that, we mean some sort of haircut probably or, or reduction in the coupons on that debt. And why is that the case? Because Argentina's starting point is very weak. It has one of the highest debt to GDP ratios of all emerging markets. Even if you net out the uh, holdings of debt that are within the own public sector, the numbers still look very weak for Argentina. But more importantly, for Argentina to get to a sustainable fiscal position, there's still an enormous adjustment that it needs to achieve. Right now, the primary deficit is about 1% of GDP. Under the IMF program, so far, it's supposed to get to a 1% surplus, so that would suggest two percentage points of adjustment are still needed. But you know, we estimate that probably a 3% surplus is needed. That's quite a bit higher. And we also think that right now, the 1% deficit has been benefiting from some factors that are transitory, some one-off revenues and, and things like that. So that really leaves a very large 6% of GDP adjustment that Argentina would need to achieve to reach fiscal sustainability. And simply, that is just too large to be politically and economically viable without a significant degree of, of sharing in the pain by bondholders, in our view. So let's talk specifically about the debt restructuring scenarios that you've explored in this report. What are the main 
challenges you see there? Um, and also, how do you see the role of the IMF in this process, given that it has already lent over $40 billion to Argentina as part of its sizable $57 billion SBA program? Yeah, starting with the IMF, they've been pretty mum so far about their view on their preferences and the debt restructuring, but their views are going to be crucial. They have a lot at stake in, in Argentina. First of all, in terms of money, like you said, $44 billion they've, they've already lent. It's the biggest program in IMF history. So it's in their interest for Argentina to do well so they can get paid back. Also very much in their interest for Argentina to do well for reputational reasons, because if things don't go well, that could damage the IMF's ability to, to do its job in future crises and to be welcomed into other countries. So there's a lot of uncertainty around Argentina about how much of a fiscal adjustment is desirable and, and politically possible, what growth's going to look like. It's hard to know what the IMF's thinking, but the easiest escape valve is asking for a significant degree of relief from bondholders. And so if that's the IMF's view, they have a lot of leverage to possibly make that happen because their sort of seal of approval and the additional financing that they stand to give is important for the future. And in terms of the scenarios we're looking at is a lot of moving parts, but maybe helpful to look at two extremes. If Argentina just wants to extend maturities and nothing else, then it would really need to achieve a pretty amazing fiscal adjustment to a 25 to 3% primary surplus to lower its financing needs in the next few years to manageable levels. If on the other hand, the government wants to have a much slower fiscal consolidation so that you know, it can help the economy, then it's going to pretty much need to ask for all of its maturities to be extended, but also pretty much all of its interest payments to be extended. So we think probably the most likely and viable scenario is, is somewhere in the middle. So finally, let's talk about the ratings. How do you expect the sovereign ratings to evolve from here on? And also maybe talk a little bit about the main considerations that will be involved in deciding the post-restructuring ratings of Argentina. Mm -hmm. Right now, our double C rating says something pretty obvious, and that's one of two things are possible. One, that the debt restructuring that the government needs to achieve is going to involve losses for investors, or that renegotiation takes too long and there actually is a missed payment. Either of those two things will lead us to downgrade Argentina to restricted default. A more interesting question, like you said, is what happens to the rating after the exchange? And that's going to depend on a lot of things. It's going to depend on what sort of restructuring there is and how much relief it gives Argentina and what the economic outlook is. Two interesting things to mention, I guess, are what happened to Argentina in 2010 and 2016 when it last came out of default. Both times it went to a B rating. But we don't think that that's very likely this time because in 2010, it was coming out of a pretty hot streak of growth that had led it to accumulate fiscal surpluses and, and delever and, and build up some savings. And then in 2016, it was leaving a very unique default that had, had more to do with legal issues in the U.S. than it did with the real fundamentals of repayment capacity. So this time we see, you know, it's, it's unlikely Argentina is likely to get back to that level of B, which is still pretty low. Like I said, what could help Argentina's credit rating afterward, though, is probably a debt restructuring that offers more relief. To some degree, that means losses for, for bondholders. A more aggressive restructuring might make it harder for Argentina to reaccess capital markets in the future. But even a situation where there's a more friendly restructuring without much of a haircut, capital market access certainly isn't assured in such a scenario. And then, of course, we're going to look at the economic outlook, which is very uncertain at this time, given all the uncertainty around policies. 
it's going to depend all on the private sector because the public sector really has no more room to, to help growth. So that's going to depend on the sort of reforms this government has in mind and the sort of certainty it can provide going forward. Great. Thank you, Todd, for sharing your insights. Thank you all for listening in. And for more on Argentina, you can access our research on FitchRatings.com. Hope you will join us for the next edition of Fixed Interest Podcast. Thank you.